to all my brothers out there, much love, much respect. Good Lord willing. The well don't run dry. Back next week. Y'all stay blessed. This next hour, My Morning Jacket, Geneva Magnus, Peter Carp, Carrie Morin, and Bob Dylan. And let's begin with Samantha Crane. It was late in May, maybe it was June. Trombone Shorty, thanks for listening to Undercurrents, American music with a passport.
always have. Look here. Everywhere I go, people ask me, they say, TC, how did you ever get with B.B. King, man? And I tell the story. It's a story that has to be told. Check it out. Saturday night in September, B.B. King's birthday. We jammed in Chicago, everybody came to play. Bobby Blue Band, Albert King, and Otis Clay, too. They all got together for the King of the Blue. Curtis Band, the promoter of Chicago DJ. He has the house band, man, can y'all play? Walter Scott, the band leader, said, Span, hell no, we've been playing all night. It's time for us to go. Span, man, we'll be glad to play. He said, I don't give a damn, but you still won't get paid. So we got up on the stage, we did our thing. Everybody came to play, including BB King. We played the slow blues, he was feeling all right. Always Clay say, Man, play his new song, cause y'all play it right. Upstairs, he'd like to talk to you. We sat down with the king. He said, I like the way you play. I want to offer you a job, son. I talked to Otis Clay. So Walter Scott and his band, they said, Man, is it true? Did BB offer Russell Jackson, Leonard Gill, a job, and you? I said, Walter, you're damn right. The king offered us a job. After we played for free tonight. And that's why, man, never make your move too soon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look, check it out. We said, hey, Otis, you know BB offered us the gig, man. He said, yeah, I know. I know. He told me about it. So I said, Otis, how do you feel about that? Otis said, do it, do it, do it, do it.
that's why B.B. King said, Arnie Coleman, son, never make you move too soon. was Afraid from Avery Sunshine. In front of that, we heard Silent Partners with Never Make Your Move Too Soon. It was Trombone Shorty with Good Company and Samantha Crane with Oh Dear Louie. You're listening to Undercurrents. I'm Gabriela. My morning jacket is just around the corner. First, here's Lindsay Buckingham.
was right Now I can't recall where I belong What I believe, yeah I've been looking for something, oh no, to carry me Where I belong, what I believe I've been looking for something, oh no, to carry me You are listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM, and on the web at kboo.fm. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. 
Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBU, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing, unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Finance Committee meets on the third Thursday of the month at 5.30 p.m. Please visit our Hello, website at kboo.fm. And welcome to Pathways, where you are invited to join us for a visit with leaders in personal and cultural transformation. At the most basic and fundamental level, living beings comprise energy. We are all bioenergetic beings. And we aren't always treated that way when you go to see the doctor, are we? Sometimes traditional MDs don't even touch their patients. Instead, there's a reliance on sophisticated tests to determine a patient's health and illness. Uh, there's a certain validity in this approach, but it feels as if something important is missing. And that's that person-to-person -person touch. Um, research by MD Larry Dosey, for example, has shown that healing words and placing hands on patients do improve health outcomes. There was even a landmark study conducted in Oregon some years ago uh, that investigated patients who all had the same operation. Now, after the operation, half of those patients were placed in rooms with windows that looked out on nature. The other half were in rooms that looked out on a brick wall. Uh, well, those with a view of nature recovered much more quickly, needed less pain medication, and even left the hospital uh, a couple days earlier. How do we explain such occurrences? To help explore the subject of healing is Franz Stena, who has been a major influence on global research into the practice of Reiki since the early 2000s. Franz first studied as a Reiki teacher in a westernized form of Reiki in 1998. It was this initial taste of the system of Reiki that inspired him to look further into Reiki's roots and to retra retrain himself in various Japanese lineages. Franz, along with Bronwyn Steiner, is the co-founder of the International House of Reiki. Together, they have co-authored the Reiki source book, A to Z of Reiki pocketbook, Reiki techniques card deck, and your Reiki treatment. Franz's own books include The Inner Heart of Reiki, Reiki Insights, and his new book, The Way of Reiki, the Inner Teachings of Makao Usui. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to have Franz Steiner here with us today. Hello, Franz, and welcome to the Pathway Show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Really excited about it. Well, great. And you're on kind of a whirlwind tour here. You're in Seattle today, but you live in Australia and, and you travel all over teaching, right? I live uh, at the moment in Amsterdam. Uh, oh, in Amsterdam. But I used to live in Australia. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm now in Seattle, teaching in Seattle. Then I'm on to Los Angeles and then Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, so I teach all around the world, which is uh, wonderful. Well, that's great. And um, and we'll explain, we'll tell people a little later how they can find out about your um, your website and, and uh, about your work and where you might be teaching. What I found interesting about your book and uh, is that you know you've encountered a lot of different healing modalities, and uh, and how was it that you came to Reiki? If you explain a little bit about how you had uh, observed healers and then came to the conclusion of kind of what was happening there. Yeah, it was interesting. I lived in India for two years and uh -huh. uh, for one year I lived in Darjeeling and around Darjeeling there's lots of different healers. And <clears throat> I just learned the system of Reiki. I came back across it by accident in a book and I was never really into this healing thing. But when I started to observe these healers around Darjeeling and they were from all mm -hmm. different traditions, Buddhist, uh, Hindu, you name it. They all had a very strong personal development practice, mm. like very personal meditation practices. And I was not really taught that within the system of Reiki. It was, you put your hands on yourself, you might even fall asleep, and that's about it. And I remember I was meeting uh, with, uh, and I became friends with this Tibetan tulku. A tulku means reincarnation, and he was only 21 years old. And so he asked me, he said, uh, so what is Reiki? I said, oh, you know, you do with the hands on healing. And he said, oh, just like this. And he placed his hands towards me. 
And I go, uh, yeah, something like that. But the, the power what came from him was just mm -hmm. amazing. And it turned out he had just come out of a meditation retreat with his teacher mm. what lasted three years in a cave. So the, the energy, what he was emanating was just so profound, took me in such a deep place. And I thought, okay, I want to know where within the system of Reiki, what are actually self-development practices, what maybe have been mislaid. So that's one of the reasons I went to Japan in 2001 for the, uh, for the first time and started to train with Japanese Reiki teachers. Mm. Well, that's fascinating. Well, you've had quite a journey here with learning about this. And so, uh, so really, and it's interesting, I'll, I will, I hadn't mentioned this before. Uh, I had uh, learned Reiki, stage one Reiki, and we did not do any meditative practice, but I've been very steeped in meditative practices uh, prior and during that time. And I had some, uh, some very profound experiences doing the Reiki training. Um, but you see, you kind of see this as a spiritual path which I think is wonderful. You kind of recovered some of the lost practices. Yeah, I started to train in 2012 with a Japanese uh, priest and his teacher is Sakai Dai Ajari, who was seen in Japan as a living Buddha. He was one mm. of the marathon monks in Japan and he did it twice. It's a really difficult practice. And, and so he's really teaching me the more background of the system of Reiki from a Japanese perspective and that really mm -hmm. has helped me to absorb the teachings much more so and integrate it more so in my daily life as a spiritual okay. practice. Yeah. Wow. Um, could you define Reiki for us? What does the word mean? Uh, traditionally in Japan, we now often it's translated as spiritual energy or, or as universal energy. But uh, traditionally in Japan, it means uh, like kami, and kami often is translated as God, but uh, really it's that your own divine being, your own mm. Buddha nature, your own essence. So the system of Reiki was really there to help you to rediscover your own true nature, your own true self, your essence, who you really are. Not with all these layers of anger and mm. worry and frustration, but your your beautiful bright light of loving compassion and kindness. Yeah, I think I I love that metaphor of the bright light that uh, if we could uncover that where the light's yeah. always there, but we uh, it's sometimes covered up in Absolutely. different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you use uh, what I found very interesting is in, is the kinds of mantras that are used in Reiki, which I, was not part of my training at all. Could you explain a little about the, uh, the mantras and why they're important? Yeah, in uh, the way of Reiki, my new book, The Inner Teachings of Miko Sui, I explain more about it as well. And is um, you see a lot of mantras in all of these spiritual teachings, you know, in shamanism, in Buddhism, in Hinduism, yeah. old Christianity. And mantra, we use the breath and the sound. And it's a really wonderful tool to link your mind and body together. Normally our body, my body is right here, but my mind is in the past or in the future, right? But mm -hmm. it's a very, it's not really harmonized. But when we start to work with the chanting of mantras, for example, and all these old ancient teachings, nudis, and these were also incorporated within the system of Reiki, but again, in the modern teachings, they were not really emphasized or mm. they were more seen as you say it three times and that's it but we all know if i say a mantra three times no matter what mantra it is that doesn't necessarily makes me compassionate and kind and loving <laughs> if it was that easy we would i would go here <laughs> to Brainbridge island and teach everybody to chant it for three times a day or say it three times a day and then Bainbridge will be the most loving and compassionate <laughs> island in the right. world but we all know that that it's not that easy right. and uh, the founder of the system of Reiki Mikasui he trained for uh, 20, well one of the practices he did was 21 days on Mount Karame in Japan and these teachings 
these 21 day meditation practices still exist and they consist of like almost 20 hours practicing you only sleep for three hours or something like that one hour a little bit resting and what they do is mainly chanting a lot of chanting because it really facilitates this vibration within your body and therefore, through this vibration, we can let go of these layers so that we can remember this beautiful bright light again, what we essentially are. That's that's beautiful. Um, it's connecting us to something more ancestral in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I see it. Uh, I also trained in Taoism with a Taoist teacher for 12 years, a Chinese lady, very profound. And... They also use very specific sounds and they used to call them primordial sounds. And it's, mm. it's really going back to your primordial self, you know, whatever we call right. it. Without these layers, what we have put onto it, you know, attachments and greed and anxiety. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of books on Reiki. What makes this, uh, your the way of Reiki uh, different in your mind? How, does it, how can it uh, really help people move their lives forward. Yeah, the way of Reiki, the inner teachings of Mikusui is really, is not so much about the history and those kind of things, but it's really a self-development book on mm. how to integrate it into your daily life. And I think that for me is really what spirituality is. It's not just sitting in a temple or a church or on your meditation pillow, but how can we integrate it into all we do today as love and compassion and kindness? So that is really what I try to point out in this book. And it's uh, very much based on these teachings I received in Japan. Well, that's interesting. I I mean, when I always thought of Reiki, I never really connected it. Always, never connected it necessarily to loving compassion. Yeah, and uh, that's an interesting way of really uh, kind of reframing it. Um, you know, if there was a, a a Reiki practitioner, for example, who's been practicing this, how would that change their practice? Do you think? I think if they practice it in a more traditional way. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it helps us to ultimately lay more and more bare this, this light of love and kindness. And I think this is really what we all have been looking for. Hands-on healing is great. As you say, you know, if we don't touch people, then most people will wither, you know, it's like a baby, mm. don't touch the baby, then, uh, we have a lot of problem and then somewhere along the line we think this stops and then we don't have to touch people anymore but actually or be touched but touching in a loving kind open way is very very healing but we cannot always touch people right if i walk in seattle right. i'll just go around but i can as much as possible emanate this love and kindness and i think that is so much needed in the world today if we even look around the world so by practicing more of these traditional teachings we start to really come home in ourselves and because we come home in ourselves we start to feel more open more uh, kind we feel more stable and grounded therefore less worries and fears and therefore a better community yeah it's it's so kind of in a way i'm hearing you say the body is a conduit for yes. this energy and it's allowing it we're allowing it through the reiki practice to flow more easily out into the community to touch others um yeah. not just you know not literally but uh to touch them through that energy and to help clear their open their conduit yeah, absolutely. It's uh, again, I see it as a light or a lamp with lampshades. And when we take these lampshades yeah. away, the light emanates more into a room and therefore it's more possible to touch other people who are in that room. Do, now, is, 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 can Reiki be actually hands on where you actually are touching the person or is always is the hand kind of floating above? Uh, I do both. Uh, I love touching. It's very nice. And yeah. 
again, you know, when we talked about it, that the touch is so important, that physical yeah. touch. Uh, some teachings say, oh, only off the body. Some teachings say only on the body. I do both because we cannot <laughs> always touch at specific places. You know, we need to be smart about it. And also, for example, if there's a burn, you don't put your hand on the burn. But, you know, if it's possible, yeah, the physical touch is so beautiful, it's so healing, it's so profound for most people if they don't have specific trauma. Uh, I, I knew a monk who uh, remotely healed people. Yeah. And people would follow him around, <laughs> uh, people who he had worked with, and they, you know, he got quite a following actually. Um, and I remember he would have that person, he would tell them when he was going to be sending them the positive energy and would have them at the same time um, be aware of that energy. Yeah. Um, what do you think about remote healing through, um, how does that work? Do you have to be close to somebody or? No, I mean, I think it's already, we, we all do this already. Say, for example, I think about my sister and two seconds later, my sister rings. And I go, wow, how is this possible, right? We, <laughs> we all have this interconnectedness. So yeah. again, it's about realizing, uh, I don't really see it necessarily as distance, but really realizing that we're all interconnected already. We're all breathing the same air. We're all made of the same materials. We might look different on the outside, but on the inside, it's all exactly the same. And therefore, these teachings also in the way of Reiki, the inner teachings of Mikusui, my new book, I talk a lot about that feeling and that rediscovering that we're all interconnected already. We've never been separated. That's only our confused mind. And the more we realize that we're interconnected, then I have to be kind to you because else I'm not kind to others or myself then I have to be kind to myself because else I'm not kind to you or others. If if I don't have any experience of Reiki and I pick up this book, would I be able to use it? Yeah, I think we're all, ultimately, we're all Reiki already. We're all this great mm. right already. But of course, you know, a book is great, but better <laughs> always to supplement that with a teacher, no matter who it is, and to help you to guide yourself, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, um, oh, let me ask you this. What would be the biggest challenge to somebody who wanted to experience Reiki? What's the biggest challenge to opening up in this way? Uh, I think you say that already opening up, you know, if I yeah. want to fill a cup with tea, for example, then the cup needs to be empty or open. Mm. And most of the time when we go for healing, we, we think the other person is going to do it for us. We don't have to be an active participant or we have certain expectations. So our cup is not really empty. So the, the biggest challenge I think for healing to occur within ourselves, or when we go somewhere, no matter if it's hands-on healing or acupuncture or a massage, we need to empty ourselves mm. out. Therefore, then we have to ask ourselves, what do we have to empty ourselves out of? Expectations, worries, fear, anxiety, all of these. Then we are really a, a wonderful conduit, as you say, that then that vessel is empty and we can be poured full of this light and love and kindness and healing. I like that. Hey, if the cup is full, there's no space for anything to come in. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So that, uh, yeah, that emptying openness is very important. Um, in our world today, there's so much uh, stress that people are under. How Can Reiki help reduce that uh, stress level that people are experiencing, you know, feeling overwhelmed and um, yeah, pressure, pressured in so many ways? Absolutely. Uh, there is what I like also about the Japanese system is that there are very specific meditation practices or focus practices to ground yourself and center yourself. You know, when we feel very stressed, we we kind of go all over the place, right? We, we cannot find that stillness, that center point. So within the Japanese tradition, it is lots of these practices to center yourself inside your body. You can anchor yourself. 
Uh, and then it's feeling like being a mountain. That's another metaphor they often use, mm. like stable like a mountain. Uh, and can you do those? Can you do those meditations anywhere or at any time, or do you have to have a special place for them? Uh, no, I think for me is actually again is integrating it in all we do. Mm. We always carry our body with us. We always carry our <laughs> energy and our mind with right. us. So it's it's uh, the more we sprinkle these kind of practices throughout the day, the better it becomes, right? Because then we interweaving everything we do today with our practice, and it's not. I don't really see also a spiritual practice as something different than our daily life. Our daily life needs to become that spiritual practice, and it doesn't mean that we have to sit there the whole day going om om om, but <laughs> that, that we integrate it in in all our actions we do today. I I, I agree one hundred percent with that. Yeah, that we have to integrate the spiritual into our lives, and um, it's a lot of people find it difficult because we it's easy to comp. Uh, compartmentalize things isn't yeah. it yeah i think that is a, a big mistake in our life generally you know it doesn't matter if we practice a spiritual practice but we kind of often wear different hats you know now we have the family hat and now we have the father hat or now we have the mother hat and then we do a hat put a hat on off with friends <laughs> and we we kind of have all these different identities but that makes life so much difficult because then we find we're constantly shifting and being someone else. But if we can just be one person and hopefully that, that love and kindness of our true nature in all we do, then life becomes so much more playful and joyful. How is this book uh, different maybe from some of your other books? For me, I really see that my personal writing is about the deepening of my own practice. So this particular book mm. is a continuation of my previous book. So again, taking the practice a step deeper. It's a little bit like, you know, when I go to the gym, first I might be able to only lift one kilo. And then through training, I can do more exercises and maybe lift more weight and therefore I have a different understanding of the practice and it's a little bit like this there is a continuation so i really see that mm. this new book the way of reiki day in the teachings of mikasui is uh, again yet a deeper level of understanding and therefore helps people to lay bare another layer of their great bright light i think it's so important for us to apply discipline and effort to anything we do and that's kind of what i'm hearing you say uh, and that's a challenge, isn't it, for a lot of people? How do it we, is. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a challenge with anything. But, you know, no matter if it's a discipline in a relationship or in, in the work we do or just leading our daily life. Uh, and I think in a more modern world, we haven't really educated our kids into this discipline of, you know, we might say the discipline of brushing your teeth or the discipline of giving yourself a wash once every, you know, hopefully once a day, <laughs> but the discipline of looking after your own mind, we don't teach kids, mm. you know, and I think that really is as important and maybe even more important than brushing our teeth and giving ourselves a wash a day. And we spend the time doing those things related to physical hygiene but what about our spiritual hygiene absolutely yeah right our emotional well-being hygiene yeah. yeah um well i like that you put it that way um you know is there something that you feel uh is if you had to say one thing is most important in kind of learning reiki what would that be uh i would come back again to love and compassion and kindness. Mm. yeah for me, that is, if I think about the word Reiki, meaning your your inner true nature, whatever we call it, right? Right. It doesn't matter. A different way, I like the word great bright light, the great bright light of love and compassion. And that's how we can change the world. Hmm. Um, do you have a favorite quote from your book or something in your book that uh, it could really help inspire people that you would like to share with us? 
I don't have a favorite. I think the whole book is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a favorite quote, but again, is uh, yeah, sit down as you know as much as possible. Uh, do the practice slowly, slowly, many times during the day, short moments, and you know, don't get carried away with your anxiety, fears, and worries. And also, it's a it's a slow practice, slowly, slowly. About today, right? Don't don't think about tomorrow. Bring it in the present moment. Yeah, and you don't have to be perfect with it either, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we all make mistakes. We all struggling with things, and therefore, it's not about perfect being perfect. It's just being human in that way. Yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, Reiki seems like a way of really connecting with our humanness at, yes, the more, I agree. at, a, at yeah. maybe the most profound level and then sharing that with others. Yeah, I think sometimes, uh, you know, when we think people say, oh, being angry is a part of being human, but the word human comes from the word humane. And mm. humane actually, again, means being kind and compassionate <laughs> and loving. So uh, I don't think these days we are very far removed from being human <laughs> for most of us. And uh, therefore trying to be, yeah, be human again. Yeah. Well, thank you, Franz. Yeah, yeah, I would love to talk longer. There's a lot more we could explore, but we've run out of time here. Um, I want to tell listeners about your website, and it's 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 the Interna International House of Reiki, and the website name is ihreiki.com. Let me spell that out for our listeners. It's ihreiki.com, ihreiki.com, International House of Reiki, and this we can learn more about Franz's work. Uh, are, are your upcoming events on that site as well, Fran? Yeah, yeah, all the events. And also already events for next year. So I'll be teaching in Chicago next year, New York, Cincinnati, Italy. Fabulous. Italy, Holland, wherever. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, you know, for those of you who tuned into, into the Pathway Show late, this is your host, Donald Altman, author of several books on mindfulness, including my newest, the Simply Mindful Coloring Book and Simply Mindful, a seven-week course and personal handbook for mindful living. Information about my courses, books, and CDs can be found at mindfulpractices.com. In a second, I'll tell you how to rewind and replay this interview whenever you want via the internet or as a free podcast. Today, we've been visiting with author Franz Steiner, a celebrated uh, expert in... Uh, Reiki and loving compassion, as well as a leader in the fields of personal growth and spirituality. I want to say thank you to all our listeners for tuning into Pathways, which is broadcast and streamed via KBOO-FM Sunday mornings at 8.30 USA Pacific Time. Podcasts of today's show, which you can listen to and forward to others, are available for free at divination.com, and that's spelled D-I-V-I Nation. Com, as well as via iTunes and other free podcast servers. This is your host, Donald Altman, reminding you to tell your friends about Pathways Radio and Podcasts. Thanks again to Franz Stena and to all of you listeners for tuning in and being a part of the Pathways Conversation. <music>